Blog Talk Radio. Om Shabbat Shalom, Holy Way of the Most High. Om Shabbat Shalom, I sense your presence. Om Shabbat Shalom, Holy Way of the Most High. Om Shabbat Shalom, I sense your presence. And I am the light within your soul In the essence of truth and right Love makes the circle whole And here we stand in line Waiting for some sacred sign But to find the balance is the purpose of this time to restore the balance of the universal mind And in the presence of my Lord of light and love Everything I see aspiring to be free And when I call to thee And come on bending knee Surrender to the all-pervading light and love Reflections of the one surrounding me with love And I sense your presence I sense your presence I sense your presence I sense your presence Within and without, above and below, yeah. East, west, north, and south, I sense your presence. Without and within, below and above, yeah, yeah. East, west, north, and south, I sense your presence. I sense your presence. Surrounding me with love 
For to find a balance is the purpose of this time To restore the balance of the universal mind I sense your presence I sense your presence I sense your presence I sense your presence Shabbat Shalom, holy way of the Most High. Om Shabbat Shalom, I sense your presence. Om Shabbat Shalom, holy way of the Most High. Om Shabbat Shalom, I sense your presence. Om Shabbat Shalom. Holy way of the most high Om Shabbat Shalom I sense your presence Om Shabbat Shalom Holy angel of the most high Om Shabbat Shalom I sense your presence I sense your presence Thank you for joining me here on Activating Compassion Radio. My name is Jesse Ann Nichols-George, and I'm your hostess today. The music you were listening to at the beginning of the show is I Sense Your Presence, and that's by Shemshai. And I would just want to extend a welcome, whether you're joining us here for the very first time or whether you've listened to the show and you're returning because you like what we do here. And by the way, we are streaming live in three additional places, Talk Stream Live, Stream Finder, and Pen, also known as Pair Encounters Network, and I welcome everyone listening through those channels as well. Here at Activating Compassion Radio, what I do is I look at the different ways that compassion exists in our lives, how to remove our blocks, resistances, frustrations, and more. And some weeks I'm discussing different aspects of how compassion's in our life and how it affects the different areas of our life and the different areas and aspects of compassion. And then some weeks I'm doing more exercises and practical implementations. And then many times I do have guests on the show as well so that you can learn about their work and how other things complement and work with compassion. I do also highlight different musical artists along the way. Um, a matter of fact, I'm working on lining a couple of those up right, a, right away. We have had in the past Stephen Halpern, Peter Cater, both Grammy nominees, Jill, Jill Mapson, Claire Hedin, Bruce Ciccarelli, Craig Carollas, Harold Grandstaff Moses, Stands With Bear, all wonderful musical artists doing different aspects with music. Certainly worth checking out the archives on those as well as other guests that we've had on the show. And what I do in my own work is I focus on helping people find and use compassion in their everyday lives. I've created the Genesis Clearing Statement, and if you've missed that, you can catch it in our archives. I've authored four books, the most recent uh, being You, Me, Life's Dreams and its companion workbook, and then my first two books, Activating Compassion and its companion workbook. And I do have, by the way, a fifth book getting ready to come out, so you'll want to pay attention to that that I'm a co-author on called Embraced by the Divine. So you're going to want to listen for uh, more updates on that as that comes along as well. In addition, I've created Compassion Tour, which is a multi-state nationwide tour, including workshops, retreats, seminars, book signing events, and fundraising events. And you can follow all of those events on my website at jessieannicholsgeorge, the number one, dot com. 
And right now I am in the 2015 Compassion Tour. I do have some events up right now. I'm getting ready to post some more events this weekend for different areas of the country. So um, really excited about getting all of that underway. And I do want to remind you also, if you enjoy the show today, make certain that you tell your friends and family and, and significant others and, you know, just share it around. Because I know every time I share a show, it just seems like somebody writes me back and they go, oh, my gosh, I was just talking about this or I really needed to learn about this right now. And um can't wait to hear what's what's going on. So, you know, they can just use the same link that you use to come into our live show and then they can listen to it at their convenience. And you never know whose life you might touch just by clicking the share button. And then they can also, uh, on my page of the Main Street Universe tab, on my website, jessianicholsgeorge1.com, I've got all of the archive shows there and they can also catch it through iTunes, TuneIn.com, and through my YouTube channel. So lots of options depending on whatever their preference is. They've got an option for it pretty much. Now, uh, before we get started, those that have listened to my show before, you know I like to delve into The 72 Names of God, Technology of the Soul uh, by Yehuda Berg. And I love Yehuda's work because he's he's very grounded. He's very... um, He takes those big giant concepts and he brings them into everyday language, which I find really, really wonderful to do. And I think that that's a a powerful aspect because if we can't apply it into our real lives, if we can't apply it to our everyday lives easily, then then a lot of times that information just sits up there as information. So let's take a look and see what Yehuda has for us today. And Yehuda's message today is unity. Ah, And this is perfect for our show, right? It always seems like it's in. Unity. And that's the common name of God on this term. Uh, The message that he has on this is, instead of trying to be right, we must recognize that there is a higher truth, unity. We need to seek harmony with our opponents, not because this is moral behavior, but because unity brings us lasting spiritual light. It serves our own best interests. The insight that he gives us is two people can have opposite opinions and conflicting viewpoints, yet both can be right. Enmity and bitterness occur when people respond reactively to one another with intolerance to each other's views. True spirituality disregards vague concepts of right and wrong. It aspires to a higher truth, the notion of unity, sensitivity, and tolerance for other viewpoints. What good is being right if suffering and pain are the cost? What is so terrible about being wrong if personal peace, joy, and contentment are the rewards? It is only the ego that worries itself with being right or wrong. The soul's sole concern is unity. For unity begets peace and happiness. When we, treat each, when we treat others' viewpoints with dignity, especially when it's painfully difficult to do so, we often discover a new idea that brings blessings into our life. This sacred name should be used when we are stuck in our ways, clinging to our own long-held opinions and seething with anger and frustration at the ideas and beliefs of others. And then the meditation that he gives on this is, 
Through these letters, you pass the true test of spiritual character. You're able to see all sides of the problems that come before you. Your focus is upon unity and soul as opposed to division and oneself. This is a really big one because I know a lot of people have been struggling with where's that balance between, say, uh, keeping the peace in family or relationships or other dynamics and keeping my own identity and you know, being able to respect myself, respect the other people. And this is a great way to do it. It really is about that aspect of, you know, honoring everybody in the process and not having to be right or wrong. When we step out of the right or wrong, we drop a lot of those uh, negative dynamics in our relationships by whatever type of relationship that is. Now, the common name, again, is unity on this. The... um, Formal traditional name is Mem Yud Hey. Mem Yud Hey is is the formal name of God on unity. And I will have this posted on my page of the Main Street Universe tab on my website, Jesse Ann Nichols George. That will go up shortly after the show today. And you'll be able to go back and reflect on that through the week because that's what I like to do. I like to work with things throughout a week and see how it all cycles through and, and see what I can do with it. Now, a little thought here before we go on break today, and this will just kind of lead us into our topic and what we're dealing with today. What has your journey in love been like? Have you found the person that you want to spend the rest of your life with? And do the challenges find you fleeing or facing them? Most people in life really would like to have that strong partnership that they could be in for the rest of their life even if they can be happy on their own. However, for many, love is not quite the romance that many people spend their lives dreaming about. I've seen many that have the illusion that they start at the top with all things perfect in that relationship, and then they build from there without any bumps in the road. Now, I've actually known a few couples like that, and it's a real gift to behold and to see and to watch them to go through that. Still, they had challenges along the way. The difference is that Now, I have to say that romance is not just a dreamy world that the movie sets made up, and in relationships, there's a real place for it. However, for many... It is not strongly in their relationships, at least not after the initial courting process. In my books on relationships, I like to say that we are two individuals taking a journey together, and on the way to those big dreams that we have, life happens. Now, most dread the life part of the relationship, and it is where we get real. Responsibilities come into play, and challenges or disillusionment can crop in. The glamour dust settles, and we really start to see who each other is. Certainly, there are many components that go into making a great relationship. Communication, of course, is huge, and when working with clients, their fear of communicating and lack of communication is the cause behind more arguments and heartache than I could probably track. Assumptions and judgments become numerous. Without communication, not to mention most misunderstandings, are simply a lack of miscommunication. 
There's no question as the relationship moves from the courting stage to the dating stage and then eventually to the marriage stage that shifts and changes will happen in the individuals and thus also in the relationships. As commitments grow stronger, adjustments need to happen and expectations of what that stage means for those involved need to be expressed. Keeping a relationship going for a lifetime is you know, meant to uh, have fun and, and it's important that amidst the responsibilities that there is kept a balance of respect, fun, play, excitement, and more. And oftentimes I see the masculine energy, which may or may not be the man in the situation of the relationship, get lax. After all, it has conquered the prize, won the trophy, and then tends to be totally lost in how to function after that. This is where understanding where we flow in and out of the masculine and feminine energy can be important. The early stages are more masculine-focused as the pursuer is active. The next stage tends to be more feminine-focused as it requires nurturing to help it grow. Then it moves into being more team-focused and learning how to function as a unit while keeping individual identity. Allowing this natural flow to happen, yet standing in sacred self in the process, is a balance that is the real challenge. Sex life, being too tired, and so on, all become the excuses and scapegoats for not standing in sacred self. We tend to look through rose-colored glasses initially. However, eventually the glam fades away and the reality of individuals will set in. What have you done to keep your relationships going and to create lasting partnerships? What has been the most valuable tool you used to work through the different stages of a relationship? And what patterns do you find yourself repeating when it comes to relationships? This week, what we're going to do is we're going to focus on a component of compassion related to the aspect in my books of loving others. And when we accept others for who they are, then we can really move forward in authentic relationships. I'm going to be taking a little break here, and when we return, I'm going to be sharing my work in relationships, how to find and keep your perfect relationship, Valentine's suggestions for different stages of relationship and for the different signs. And the song I've got for you during our break is called Dia Harmonies. It's by Claire Hedin. And if you'd like to check out more of Claire's work, you can certainly do that at www clairehedin.com that's C-L-A-R-E-H-E-D-I-N.com. and again this is Dia Harmonies and we'll be back in just a couple of minutes Oh Dia Dia little light shine forth shine forth thy beauty you came you went twas brief and rare we love you and we love you. So thank you, yes, thank you. We thank you oh so deeply. And thank you, yes, thank you. We thank you for your visit. We know your time. 
welcome back. You are listening to Activating Compassion Radio, and my name is Jesse Ann Nichols-George. I'm your hostess today. You were just listening to a song by Claire Hedin called Dia Harmonies, and you can definitely check out more of Claire's work. She does a lot of amazing things, not just producing music, but she uh, does events associated with nature, and she uh, does other kind of clearing and healing uh, type of work with music, and you can check out her work at www.clairehedin.com. That's C-L-A-R-E-H-E-D-I-N.com. And, you know, I, I had a chance to meet with Claire last fall, was it last fall? No, it was last summer um, uh, when I was traveling around and doing some touring. And and um, she's just such a beautiful, beautiful soul. So I do encourage you to go check that out because she's got quite a variety of different music that she's done along the way. Now, you know, today what I'm doing is I'm delving into relationships. And, you know, there's a lot of people with Valentine's Day coming up and everything. And they're like, oh, it's such a materialistic holiday. Like I have a, I have a few friends like that, <laughs> amazingly, that, uh, you know, they're just bah humbug on any holiday at all. And, and granted, yes, there are a lot of commercial aspects to Valentine's Day. I remember when I, uh, in my earlier years, when I would sell roses and things like that and you know, they always increase the prices of the roses for Valentine's Day, they claim, because of the demand. You know, different things like this. But it's it's very interesting. There's so much more going on. And, you know, there's also those people out there that, you know, they'll say, well, you know, you should be honoring love every single day of the year and, you know, valuing your partnership that way. And I agree with that. It should be honored every day. It should be a part of our daily um, taking time out to respect people that are in our lives, that are in our partnership with us. But we have so many different types of partnerships and so many different types and dynamics within them that I think that, you know, it's also very nice to really take a day to do even extra honoring above and beyond the aspects to really be focused on it. And that's what these times are. And and if we look at some of the culture and some of the history that comes in behind Valentine's Day, I mean, of course, we have the St. Valentine uh, aspect, which which was about unity and harmony and various things. But, you know, we have all the tragic love stories out there, people coming together and then, you know, one of the people being killed along the way. <laughs> you know, all of these different pieces. But if we really look at it in the course of the natural cycle of the year, which is part of my work and what I really like to focus on is the cycles and the seasons and the aspects of what's happening, what's what's been going on is in the natural cycle of the year, we've been in an introspective phase. We've been looking at ourselves. We've been refocusing our energy and this time of year is really about honoring that maiden energy that is surfacing. You know, the 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 male energy has been guarding the earth in the winter, as they say, and protecting it while she's been in all this introspective time. And now we're shifting from the crone energy, that wisdom of the introspection, and we're preparing to shift into the maiden energy. And so it's the transformation time of going into that. So 
to me, Valentine's Day then really starts to take on a different meaning of embracing the maiden within us, embracing that youthful spirit of love within us that then goes on to the chase and the relationships and starts to develop things from there. And I find that to be such an interesting aspect because I think especially as people get older a lot of times, and, and it's just my experience and my what I've watched in different people along the way, and uh, you know, they they get out of that youthfulness. They get out of that youthful spirit of embracing the spring time and the maiden. And this is really a time of the what we call the feminine energy returning to the earth, not just, well, we've got the global aspects of that happening <laughs> right now, but we also have the personal aspects that happen each and every year where as the feminine energy returns to the earth, that's what starts to bring the little seedlings popping up and the sprouting coming up and things like that. So um, when we look at those different pieces, we we start to realize that it's really a time of opening our hearts. It's really a time of embracing that peace in us. And And it's sad for me to see so many people who, for one reason or another, they won't embrace that energy. Maybe they're not feeling confident about themselves. Uh, at that time, they don't like the way their body looks. They look in the mirror and they see only that crone energy and and deterioration and things like that instead of looking in the mirror and seeing the maiden or seeing the young stag, as we would say, um, in there. And that energy is within all of us. It doesn't matter how old we are or what part of life uh, we're in, that energy is, is wonderful to be embraced. And um, and it's important for us to embrace, to embrace that love in our heart. When we love from sacred self, whether it's ourself, whether it's another person, when we love from sacred self, we are in true connection with the divine. You know, these are some of the differences, and we're going to get into things in the upcoming weeks with sacred sexuality going on. Um, and those connections, that's going to be coming in in the upcoming week. Matter of fact, next week, and I have some other guests coming in that will be talking about the differences of twin flames and soulmates that will be coming up uh, in the spring, too. So you'll want to stay tuned for those upcoming shows if you're interested in <laughs> relationship dynamics. Now, the work I do with relationships, one of the things that happens is in each and every relationship, is there's a masculine and a feminine energy. And I don't mean just male and female. When I wrote my book, You, Me, Life, Dreams, and its companion workbook, I really said to myself, you know, we, we always focus on the male-female, but we don't always focus on the masculine and the feminine energy. And when I talk about this, that means that sometimes the female may be in the masculine role and the male might be in a feminine role. For example, if you have a female Aries, and a male cancer, most likely she's going to be in the masculine role and he's going to be in the feminine role, (laughs) even though visually there's something different. And I also wanted it to encompass all different dynamics of relationships, you know, whether it's heterosexual or homosexual or, you know, whatever the preference is for people, bisexuality, whatever it is. We come together with these different dynamics there. And... You know, relationships are an exciting thing. They're a beautiful thing. They're um, they're a mirror, and I don't think that people should stray away from them. 
certainly there are those people who have chosen not to have a relationship, and that can involve a lot of different reasons and a lot of different components in it. Um, sometimes somebody's just heavily on a spiritual path, or maybe it's a lifetime that they've chosen to spend alone in discovery or doing other things, and that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, you know, there's nothing that says we have to be in a relationship. More often than not, what happens is people will get into a relationship because they're missing something in themselves. They're feeling a need to be in a relationship. They feel an addiction to relationships. And I see a lot of people in those spaces like, oh, my gosh, I have no identity outside of a relationship. I have no um you know, sense of self where I have, I, I can't function outside of a relationship. But what happens a lot of times is people start off and they have this very romantic version of what a relationship is, right? We we get those dreamy aspects and women, maybe more so than men, <laughs> get that dreamy aspect of what the perfect partner is going to be like. And, you know, there is no per se perfect partner. It's what works for you. And I want to clarify that because when we get into what really works for us, and we're going to delve into some different aspects about the different phases uh, a little bit and how to deal with those and, and looking at different stages throughout relationships for you today. And then also I'm going to be taking a look at gifts that we can do based on like the astrological signs or things like that. So stay tuned. We kind of got a lot that I'm going to work on <laughs> covering here over the next hour, hour and a half here. Um, but it's important to know which dynamic we're sitting in. If we're sitting in that masculine or feminine energy, because if you get two masculine roles together, you're going to have ego conflicts going on. Uh, if you have two feminine roles coming together, it's it can get so wishy-washy and nebulous that nothing ever progresses with it. Um, and, you know, for most people, uh, like I said, you you will waver in and out of these dynamics. So even with the relationship itself, let's say maybe you're masculine energy in the workplace and then you want to be feminine energy in the relationship, or maybe parts of the relationship you're going to be in the masculine energy and parts of the relationship you're going to be in the feminine energy. Um, there's a lot of women in that place. They want to have a stronger balance between the masculine and the feminine as far as decision-making goes in the relationship, but they want to be feminine in the bedroom, for example. So there's a lot of different pieces, and as we understand these components of the energy dynamics, then we can start to communicate better, then we can start to get in the flow, because the different energies definitely function differently. Um, you know, what their their way of thinking is and, and how they're coming from the relationship. Uh, women or the, the, mask, the feminine energy comes from an emotional energy space. The, the masculine energy is going to come from an intellectual space. Does it make sense? You know, um, and there's so many different insights with that. So, you know, women, they start off, or I shouldn't say women, but the feminine energy will start off, and that's oftentimes got these romantic illusions going on, like, oh, they're just going to be the dreamy prince that's going to ride in on the horse, and they're going to, 
you know, whisk me away and they're going to treat me like, you know, this incredible queen constantly and <laughs> spend tons of money and shower me with gifts and it's ever, forever going to be beautiful and we'll never have an argument and that's the way a relationship should be. Um, but when we really look at relationships, you know, and the, the male, of course, is kind of like they come in and they, they have this aspect of, okay, I'm going to go in and I'm going to fight and I'm going to win and it's more of a competition a lot of times. And then once they've gotten to that point where they, they've actually got the the feminine energy there and the feminine energies agreed to be with them, then they get very lost <laughs> in the relationship, which is interesting. You know, they, they kind of get in there and it's like, now what do I do? And it's because the, the relationships actually go through these different stages. In the very beginning, it's more of a masculine energy field, if we want to say that, because it's more about um, action. It's more about doing. It's more about um, what has to be accomplished. It's more about achieving something, uh, accomplishing a goal, winning something. Uh, In the next stage of the relationship, what we find is it's more of a feminine energy, because now it becomes where it has to be nurtured and grown and developed. And then we hit another stage where they kind of balance out and they become more of a team. So these are the different stages, and this is why it gets so awkward because when we're in the masculine stage, the feminine, oftentimes, that energy will feel like it's always waiting, it's always wondering. Um, But what I see a lot of times happens in this stage is people miss so much of these stages. In the first stage, the the feminine misses a lot because they're so busy looking at the the future. They're so busy wondering about when is this going to happen? When are they going to commit to me? When is, you know, when are we going to get married and have babies and all of those things? And and that kind of freaks out the male energy, to say the least. <laughs> you know, the masculine energy there. It's kind of like, whoa, we haven't even been on a date yet. <laughs> and you're planning our life out. Um, and so then when we get into the more feminine energy space or the yeah the feminine energy space there then what happens is male energy gets very lost and it gets distracted and all of a sudden the the feminine energy is not feeling all the love that it it had when the male energy was in its active space Um, you know one of the things that the male energy needs in that secondary space is it needs ongoing goals it needs to know okay, every month I need to plan a romantic evening. It doesn't matter which day it is. It doesn't matter whether it's a Saturday or Sunday or Wednesday or whatever it is. It just needs to know that once a month it needs to do that. If it has ongoing goals, then it will stay engaged in the relationship. But what happens is it has no clue how to nurture. That's not its energy. Its energy is action. So if it doesn't have action to take, if it doesn't know what action to take, it's going to get lost. It's going to get distracted. It's going to go out there. And and this is where we see some of the conflicts come up is in this space because the the feminine energy is all ready to nurture and playhouse and all of these things. But oftentimes we find that things aren't talked out. People don't have the expectations talked out. And I'm going to jump into that a little bit later too. Uh, and and they don't discuss some of these different components and pieces, and and then all of a sudden, you know, they're feeling lost. On the other hand, 
the masculine energy is like, why are you feeling so insecure? <laughs> All of a sudden, you know, they don't even realize that maybe they're not giving as much attention. But on the other hand, they're sitting there thinking, hey, you know, I've made a commitment to you and, uh, you know, you should just know that I care. That's part of the way the masculine energy thinks is it thinks that you should just know, hey, it's there and it's made that commitment to you and you don't have to worry. And so the worrying becomes completely illogical. But what I see in all of these spaces that happens is there's a lack of being in the present moment. And part of what is so exciting in that first space or that first stage is that the masculine energy is very much in the moment. It's very much paying attention. It's with it. It's acknowledging things. And that is what makes the romance feel like romance is presence. And the feminine energy at that point, you know, they're they're investing in themselves and they're they're bringing themselves up and in some ways they're they're a little bit self-sacrificing, but you know, they're they're still they're still a little bit more in the present too. And what happens is as the relationship starts to grow, we get to we tend to be lax. We tend to get out of that present moment. It's if we're not in the present moment, we're missing so much of the relationship. And that's what happens in that third stage that I talked about is both people end up getting present again. You know, they've kind of worked through all the little oddities and the shifts and the changes. And and as I mentioned, even in the best relationships, just the fact that you've got to go through life stages, there's so many changes that even if we're not in a relationship, we're going to go through as life changes. And so the person that you meet, say, at 20 years old or 25 years old, you know, five or ten years later, they're going to be a different person. They're going to have different things going on because of the natural life changes that are going on. And that's where it really comes around. And, you know, it's very interesting. When I posted my blog post this this week, I had somebody respond back, and he's been married to his wife for 47 years. And he said, you know, uh, the most challenging part of his marriage was getting through the life stages. And so because you change as a person. He says it's 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 the changing of the person. Now, if we really embrace that, what's cool about that is we get to keep exploring the person over and over again. This is where we start to find out relationships are a good gauge how much we're trying to control in life and how much we're allowing ourselves to really experience life because when we're really experiencing life, we're interested in those shifts and those changes instead of saying, oh, my God, my partner made a change and and I'm freaking out. They must be having an affair <laughs> because they like something different all of a sudden. Um, you know, it's really about a life change and it's learning how to communicate through those life changes, I think, that really make the big, big differences along the way. Now, you know, there's a lot of people out there in relationships, but there's also a lot of people out there that are not in relationships. Matter of fact, another person that responded to my blog post said that he had been out of a relationship for the last 15 years. Very spiritual person. And, you know, he said it just, he wasn't connecting with people. And he says it's just it's hard being the nice guy because <laughs> too, too many women like the 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 uh, 
the, the tough guy or whatever, you know, the bad boy, so to say. And in my book, I actually get into a lot of these different profiles um, in there, which is really fun to, to look at these different personality styles and the pros and the cons of them. And I think that some of that is starting to shift and change a little bit. But what attracts us oftentimes to that extreme opposite, to the to the bad guy, you know, the bad boy or daddy's girl or whatever it is, is because we sit in these different dynamics of sometimes being very, very masculine, extreme masculine or extreme feminine. And some of you might remember uh, I had Bill Farr on uh, previously on my show as a guest. And, you know, somebody in the chat room is mentioning that they've been out of one for 11 years. Um, I myself have not been in a relationship now for a little over a year. So uh, by choice, and I, I needed to do some focus on me for a while. Uh, it, it's really interesting as we as we go into this. And I think what's important is that it's it's helping us to get back into sacred self. But... When Bill Farr was on, he brought on an aspect of the heavier we sit on one energy, the the more we're going to draw in its extreme opposite. So if, if somebody is heavily feminine, dainty, all of that, the more likely they are to draw in that heavy masculine energy that is much more chauvinistic and things like that. Um, as we balance ourselves, we're more prone to seek and desire a partner who's also more balanced along the way. And he has a great tool for checking that out and everything. So I encourage going back and checking that show out in the archives as well as checking out his website um, and things too in there for that, that very specific reason. Because what we're drawing in, as we learned about last week with Penny and Hans, is a great mirror to what's happening and if we look at that what we're looking at is this if we're extreme arrogant chauvinist somewhere I find the meek female at all but if I'm seeing my my own self I'm going to draw in somebody else who's standing in the same self so it comes back to even the most spiritual people, when it comes to relationships, they get all all me <laughs> in them. They lose that sense of balance a lot of times. more so when one because they're you know, the feminine energy, one because they're on the emotional uh, vibration to start with. And you know, society is programmed uh, with all these timelines. Like if you haven't been made by a certain age, there's something wrong with you. If you're not having kids by a certain age, there's something wrong with you. And if he hasn't proposed to you a certain time, he's up to you. People move at different stages. And more and more, I'm seeing masculine that are saying, hey, I'm not going to be pushed. I'm not going to be forced into something. But what I do know is the more that we work on ourselves, energy in particular can do that the more the masculine energy will want to step up and do things. So it, it's an interesting aspect in there. It's a, it's, it's a dance. You know, it's a dance of energies in there. And so when the feminine says, okay, you know what, I'm just going to sit back and I'm going to appreciate it because what it 
part of the masculine energy really needs is it needs that appreciation. It needs that recognition. That's what it thrives on. That's its food and its nurturing, so to say. And when it gets recognized, and that's part of what keeps it so active in the early stages is because the feminine energy is recognizing all kinds of things about it. Uh, When it moves to the second stages, a lot of times the feminine energy goes from recognizing all these attributes (laughs) and stroking the ego, so to say, to all of a sudden nitpicking and paranoia and all these other things um, in there. So let's say there's, you know, we definitely have a group of people out there now more and more, like I said, that are choosing not to be in relationships. They're not just jumping into something for the sake of being in something. When you're looking for a relationship or you want to be open to a relationship, most of the time, the best relationships, first of all, you can't force it. You can't force it to happen on your timeline. Just because you want want a relationship to show up on the spring equinox, you know, <laughs> you might get one, but it may not be one that you're happy with. Um, when we're really looking at this true relationship, that one that's going to work with us, flow with us, go through the ups and the downs and everything else, we're going to find those people oftentimes in the course of what we already do in our life. We're going to find them in the course of what we love to do. So if you like working out, you might connect with them, uh, you know, at the health club or taking a walk or being part of a hiking group or things like that, whatever your personal interest is. And I'm very prone meeting people this way because um, when we do this and and we meet people in that manner, uh, first of all, we already know there's some common ground. We already know that there's some shared interest there. Uh, second of all, you have a chance to get to know them a little bit in a group situation and see some of their interactions for a little while and see how they're treating people as a whole. And that's that can give you a lot of insight to who they are as a person and buffer some of the things because so many times out there, I mean, we look at it and, you know, there's a time and a place, I think, for Internet dating and it sometimes works. And I will say, you know, many, many years ago when I tried Internet dating and we're talking like 15 years ago (laughs) it was not the internet dating that we have today Um, today we have a lot more people who are presenting false images they're getting on they're feeding the dreams of women who want this romantic ideal they're coming on telling them that they love them and all these things and then they're married or they never meet you know well now this is one of those pieces that i would say okay if he's not willing to meet you right away, then, you know, within a couple of weeks, a month maximum of of connecting uh, through online venues, it's a person to let go. And and I have a whole section of that in my book as well, of when you let go of somebody <laughs> in there. Because, you know, there's so many of these scams, they like to keep coming up with excuses and reasons and all of these things. But if they're really interested in you, they're going to want to meet you, and they're going to want to meet you right away. Um, they're not going to want to, if they're really, truly available, and you got to think about it, if they can't find time to meet you for the first time, 
within a month, then how in the world are they ever going to have time for a relationship? It's just one of those things, right? And and these are some of the things when we're in the moment of it, we're not thinking about some of these things. But it is one of those aspects. Um, you know, I find oftentimes that people will just meet people, like I said, in the course of their everyday life, coming and going, grocery stores, different things. But you do really want to be careful today because you don't always know somebody. You know, even even when you meet them in these different situations of the course of things that you enjoy doing, um, uh, and, and work relationships, by the way, are a whole different dynamic. I think it's a 50-50 split. Uh, whether they work out or don't work out, it definitely has its pros and cons just like anything else. Um, I'm not against meeting people in the workforce or in the workplace, um, but but it takes some very unique people to be able to work together. Now, I do know of a couple, um, somebody that I was working with for a while. Uh, he's at the top of the company. She's a manager in the company, and um, and and they're very good, but they work in separate office areas most of the day um, and they have their own responsibilities and they don't bring their personal life in. They have that ability to do that and I think that's an important thing if you are in a work relationship you know, or in a relationship with somebody that you work with. Um, if you can find those ways to be in different areas, it, it can be very useful uh, in, in there. So you know, I think that that's a big piece if we're going to seek that out. You know, seek out those areas that, that you do, but still take the precautions. And I'm going to get into that in a minute as we get into some of the faces. But when, you know, relationship really comes in and sticks, now a lot of times what we have is we have soulmates that come in. And soulmates, this is something I, I've actually got uh, Claire Candy Hughes scheduled to come on next month, and she's going to be talking about the differences between soulmates and twin flames and uh, that's going to be very interesting but soulmates are really there to help us get lessons they're not necessarily there to spend the rest of our lives with (laughs) and most people don't realize that about soulmates they're there actually more to challenge us and to help us grow so that's a that's an interesting piece with them and like i said i'm going to save a bunch of that information for when she comes on but what i find is when we're truly, truly ready to draw in that twin flame, when we're truly ready to draw in that life partner, we can't miss that person. You know, there's, we're not going to stop that from coming into our life. And it's going to happen because we've worked on ourselves, not because we're forcing it to happen, not because we're feeling a ticking time clock go off in our life. It's going to happen because we've worked on ourselves to a point that we're able to bring that in. It's just like anything in in life. Uh, you're not going to hold on to money if you're operating on a vibration of greed, for example. It's the same kind of concept. So, you know, even if you win the lottery, that money's going to go away if you haven't learned how to handle money. Well, the same thing is true in relationships. If you don't have your own self-love going on, if you haven't developed yourself to where you've gotten good, that standing and sacred self. The chances of having that relationship that is going to be enjoyable for you and last a lifetime are very, very slim. And this is part of why we have a lot of divorce rates going on. People jump into relationships for the sake of being in a relationship, not because 
they really connect with that person a lot of times, not because they're ready for a relationship. And what happens is they jump into it for the sake of that, then they find out they're different people, they uh, ignore a lot of things in the beginning phases, which the feminine energy often does. It ignores a lot of attributes and red flags that are going on. Likewise, the masculine energy does that too. They ignore a lot of things because all the hormones are going off in the beginning stages and all the hormones are like, ooh, ooh, ah, look at the way they look. <laughs> well, you know, eventually in life, those looks and those the body's going to shift and change and there's got to be something else there. And as people go through things, they start to realize, oh, you know, I got in this relationship and, you know, I really wasn't ready for this, but society told me by a certain time in my life I better be in a relationship or I feel like I'm getting old, so I better be in a relationship. Um, and, and it's interesting because we're finding more and more people in their older years that are not in relationships. It's shifting and changing. So when you're not getting that relationship you want, you know, one of the best things you can do is step back and work on yourself. Just work on you for a while. And I know that that can be challenging to do because a lot of times the reason why we want a relationship is so we don't have to deal with ourselves. <laughs> if we have somebody else in our lives to focus on, then we don't have to look at us most of the time. But when it comes to relationships, guess what? Those phases are still going to happen in life and you're going to have to learn how to get through them. So, you know, that's a big thing. So when we're looking at finding relationships, if you're struggling, if you're not drawing something in, keep working on you. Keep working on getting stronger and stronger and standing in your sacred self. And again, don't try to force it to happen because as we know, anything that we try to do with force is going to repel away from us. You know, like that magnet, you know, if it tries to force in, it's going to actually push it away instead of magnetize it in. So when we when we look at that, that's that's the concept. When we relax, we make ourselves very approachable. We create an energy vibration that raises us up to that loving energy space and welcomes somebody in. Uh, and and I would say, you know, as part of working on ourselves, it comes back to a big part of my work, which is compassion and acceptance and looking at people for who they really are at the beginning. Um, you know, one of my one of my aspects now is let me pick apart somebody and find their worst attribute I can find. <laughs> because if I'm willing to look at that at the start and say, okay, if this attribute never changes, could I deal with this person? That's the twist and the questions we should be asking up front. Because if it's not, you can't expect somebody to change along the way. They might, but you can't expect them to. You've got to be willing to accept them for who they are when you meet them right up front, not who they might become to be. And that happens for so many people. They're always looking at, oh, this person's going to be great when I get them changed. <laughs> no, 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 no. you got to like them for who they are right right then, you know, with the, the great aspects and the flaws and everything else. And if you can deal with their flaws, then you've got a foundation to work from. And that's that's a big piece is building that foundation there. So, you know, as we as we delve into that, that's just kind of a fun aspect to work with. And um, yeah, and then just stick to, like I said, the daily the daily aspects. When you feel that drive to go out someplace, go out. You know, if you feel that drive to go to the party or go to a club or whatever, fine. Um, 
but uh, you know, take your take your time with it. Be ready to relax and not rush through things, because the less we rush through things, the more likely they are to be solid. And you know, feminine energy out there, hey, I'm going to give you a clue right now. The less you rush the masculine energy, the more that you're willing to just sit back and enjoy the moments that you have with them, the more interested they're going to be. Okay, if they're taking their time with you. That's a huge key that you're somebody really special and important to them. They're actually viewing you as somebody worthwhile to be in a relationship with. So if they're not trying to rush things and trying to push you into being in a relationship, they're holding you in pretty high respect. And I know this is different than what we're programmed, but that is what's going on for them because the people they really like, you're going to take their time with. And that's a big thing. They're not going to try to rush all the sex and everything else. Now, there's a few things to keep in mind as we're going through the phases. When you meet somebody, one of the things I really like to suggest is a pre-date. I love pre-dates because first dates are so nerve-wracking for most people, especially for the masculine energy. And they've got 10,000 things in their mind. They're they're nerve-wracking for a lot of women as well, or, or the feminine energy as well, because it's like, do I look right? Do I have this? And, you know, everybody wants everything to be so perfect. And so if you go on a pre-date, it gives you a chance to do a little bit of con- conversation. And, and what I like to do with pre-dates is I like to leave it open. In other words, if I go on a pre-date, which would be, say, maybe meeting at a coffee shop for an hour uh, or a half hour, then you always have this flexibility if things aren't working out when you meet the person, you have this flexibility to get up and go and there's no real hurt feelings there. You know, there's no big drop and downfall there. If things are going really good, you can always extend it and go to lunch and go to dinner or go for a walk or whatever it is. Um, so I'd like to leave my time frame open if I go to a, a pre-first date and then go into the first date. And I I suggest that it takes a lot of pressure off. So then when you go to the first date, you've already got this foundation. You've already met them face-to-face. A lot of the nerves are gone, and you can really enjoy that, that first date. And for me, you know, I tell people, always meet, whether it's a pre date or a first date, always meet in public, always drive your own car. I find that to be really important, at least with the the pre-first date. I mean, think about it. You've got somebody who you don't even really know. Do you want them coming to your home and seeing everything that you have in your home, how you are, how you live, and everything like that? It's not a safe thing to do in these days and times. Maybe 20, 30 years ago it wasn't so bad when we didn't have some of the society concerns that we have going on now, but when we look at today's society, you really have to be careful, especially if you're a single female. You, you've got to take these precautions. So pre-first date allows you to get through all of that and, and you start to see things. Um, in the first date situation, I think it's still sometimes good to drive your own cars. Uh, you have to kind of gauge how you're feeling. Sometimes, sometimes maybe you've chatted with the person for a while. If it's a work situation, maybe you've known them for a while and you, you are comfortable. You've already built a certain amount of comfort zone. That's maybe a different story. Um, but on the first dates, I do highly suggest that the masculine energy um, or the person paying for the date do make it special. Find a way to make it special. 
but don't overextend yourself. You know, don't get out there, and if you don't have $100 to spend on dinner, don't go someplace that's going to cost you $100. Okay, you're you're kind of setting some bars, and, um, you know, you don't need to put on a pretense and create all kinds of stress for yourself because you're going into financial debt over a date. If you don't have it, don't put the, the energy out that you do have it. Um, if if somebody's really going to like you, they're going to like you whether you spend twenty five dollars on the date or whether you spend a hundred dollars on the date. Uh, you know the the cost of the date is not as important as how you make that date. And yes, it's going to be memorable. So yes, you want to do something special, but you can easily do a picnic or you can do other things that are just as great as going out to some nice dinner someplace. Uh, there's lots of options that you can do on that first date and get creative with it. Um, I do suggest the masculine energy make some sort of gesture in the sense of, you know, whether that's a rose if you are, for example, going out to dinner and you don't have a lot of money, you're much better to bring a single rose to your date <laughs> on the first date um, and not overextend yourself with, say, a dozen it's just as romantic. It's the thought that counts in there. And then when the flower girl comes around to the table, you don't necessarily feel obligated and having to get another rose <laughs> if you, you know, if uh, if that happens. You you know, you remove a lot of pressure from yourself. And the first date is really about getting to know people more than anything else. It's really about exploring a little bit and seeing do you have that connection. Is there a spark there? Is there something that you're interested in following through on uh, from that aspect in there? Now, I know this is going to sound a little old-fashioned, like maybe your mom told you this <laughs> somewhere along the way, but you know, sex is one of those things that we need to address along the way. And you know, I have a guideline with sex, and that is no sex before commitment. And there's a reason for that, and and you would be amazed at how many guys will back me up on this. But uh, if if you're giving in sex, even if the guy is saying no, 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 I'll respect you, well, you know, I won't think of you that way, and you know, it's okay, and we have something special. Don't believe it. Don't cave into it, because as soon as you cave into sex before a commitment you're unlikely to get the commitment. I know very few people that get that long-term commitment if they've given sex before they have an actual relationship going. And, you know, this is a this is a huge piece that people don't realize. And, you know, you don't jump into a relationship, you know, within a week. If you see somebody three times in one week, that's not a relationship yet. You know, you need to go out on three or four dates um, over three or four weeks before you formalize a relationship there. And and if you're still feeling that connection, um, but I do, I have a lot of guys that, that have backed me and they said, absolutely not, I will not date a girl who has given into sex before I'm in a committed relationship with her because they feel like she doesn't have the ability to say no if the pressure is on. So they feel like they can't trust her. And this comes from some of the most gorgeous-looking guys, ladies. <laughs> and I've had this validated from people who are very successful guys, very good-looking guys. Um, and, you know, and, and the guys that really are 
interested in you are not going to overly push you for that. But they do. They want to know that you have the strength to say no. They want to know that you have that resilience. And then when it does come around, it actually becomes special. And there's another piece of that, too, because with the chemistry and the hormones, and they're going off and they're going all crazy and everything when you first meet somebody, you need that time to let those settle down a little bit before you delve into it. And once you've actually got the commitment factor there, then sex becomes a whole different thing. Sex isn't just sex. It starts to move into some of the sacred zones because it starts to move into connecting with each other on deeper levels as opposed to just sex. And that's a huge thing. And when you start to do that, what you're doing there is you're also laying foundations for something to last. And you're also laying foundations to say, and this is going to remove a lot of fears and a lot of anxiety in relationships because what it does is it it brings in the factor that the relationship is not based on sex. It's not based on it to start with, and it won't be based on it later. And this is very important as far as trust factors go because trust is one of the most brutal challenges, I would say, in a relationship. It's the hardest challenge to overcome in a relationship, by the way. So no sex <laughs> before commitment is, is Jesse's rule on this. And then as you do move into the different stages of relationship, let's say you go from the courting phase or the dating phase to actually making a commitment to be in a relationship, it's a very important that both people sit down and they take the time to talk with each other. And this doesn't have to be a big, horrendous, dramatic uh, thing that happens, but what you want to do in this phase is to sit down and say, okay, what are our expectations now? What are your expectations? What are my expectations? Because we're really two individual people, and we want to keep, again, those individual identities in the relationship as we go through these phases, and we don't want to lose our identities. And more often than not, the feminine energy will give up her ideals, um, her or his ideals, depending on the case, uh, and they will shift and change because someday they're not. And what happens is then a couple of years down the line, all of a sudden, that feminine energy is freaking out going, I don't know who I am anymore. I don't know. You know, I don't know what's going on. I've given all this. I've given all this. But I have no sense of self anymore. And they kind of hit a freak out space. And it's it's not a good space for anybody to be in. And then, and then the masculine energy is like, what did I do? I don't understand, <laughs> you know. And this is why it's so important to genuinely be who you are from the very beginning because you, it helps you avoid some of these freak-out spaces. It helps you avoid getting two or three years into a relationship going, ah, oh, you're not who I thought you were. This is not what I want to be with, <laughs> you know. Uh, so, so being genuine from the beginning is very, very important. You know, like I said with the the first date, if it's not your style to spend a lot of money on somebody, don't do it at the beginning. Don't do it there because you're just showing something that you aren't and that's setting you up for a relationship that won't work. When you sit down and you talk, you want to formalize, you want to take the time to actually formalize it and not just assume that you're dating each other. Not just assume that you're in a relationship all of a sudden because it's been a certain amount of time and you're still going out on dates. You want to make it formalized that, yes, you are in an actual relationship. 
And what does that relationship mean for each of you? Is that going to be a monogamous relationship? Are you going to allow other people into it? What is it? And what expectations go with that? Because in the dating phase, we oftentimes don't set any expectations for anything. We naturally are doing things. But when we start to actually make that commitment, then oftentimes there's oftentimes unspoken (laughs) expectations that go with that, as in I will be called X amount of times a week or um, you know, if somebody's in a relationship with me, they should be doing A, B, C, and D. And this is something that you need to sit down and talk out with each other and say, okay, we're at the stage. I really want to date you. I really want to be in a monogamous relationship with you. And I want to see where we can go, and I'm willing to make that commitment to you. What do you need from me? Here's what I need from you. I'll tell you, you will remove so much pressure and avoid so many arguments by doing this and you know learning about each other and saying okay when i do this it doesn't mean i'm angry at you it means i'm struggling with this and getting these understandings out of the way this is where you start to bring that depth in this is where you start to give substance to the relationship and this is where you get to learn more and more The learning doesn't stop in those first stages in the in the whimsical magical space. Okay? It it really starts when you start getting real, when you start getting into how does this function in my everyday life? I made time for it before I was really committed to it, but now can I make it work in my everyday life? It's kind of like going to the gym and working out, right? It was really great at the new year and I did really good for the first month. But does it actually function as far as me continuing to work out on a day-to-day basis every day of the year? Um, It's the same sort of thing. So as you start to talk these things out, now you remove a lot of questions. You remove a lot of the trust issues that, that can come up because everybody knows what they need to do. And this really helps the masculine energy, especially as we're moving into that nurturing stage. If the masculine energy knows oh, I need to create a romantic evening once or twice a month. Great, I can do that. Oh, I need to call three times a week. It doesn't matter which day is I call. I just have to call three times a week. And this is one of those things that say, okay, if you're used to talking every day, what does it mean if somebody doesn't call one day? Does that mean all of a sudden you hate them and you're seeing somebody else? Or (laughs) does that mean maybe you were just tired and you had to work extra hours that day? Or maybe you're really stressed. And this happens a lot. The masculine energy can get stressed out. And when it gets stressed out, it pulls back and gets quiet. It doesn't mean that it's got some affair going on. It just means it needs to stop and process that. And the feminine energy needs to give it the space to do that. It needs to leave the open door to say, hey, well, if you need a hug or whatever, you know, let me know if I can do something. But otherwise, just... um, you know, go ahead and process, <laughs> process away. And likewise, when the emotional energy is coming up for the, the the feminine energy, you know, it needs to be able to communicate to the masculine and say, you know, I'm, I'm kind of in an emotional space today. I've had a really rough day and this is what I need from you. When we get in the habit of that, we can really create an amazing relationship to develop. And we need to do this again at different stages. Um you know, we need to kind of drop some of the timeline factors, like I said, for the most part, because everybody functions differently. Everybody's life is different where they're at. 
a lot of masculine energy types, they want to have their life at a certain point before they're willing to make, for example, marriage commitments. So they might meet you in these young years of your life, but they're not ready. You know, if they meet you at 23, they might not be ready to get married until 31 because they might not feel stable enough. They might be thinking, shoot, I can't even hardly take care of myself. How am I supposed to take care of, you know, somebody else and a family too? Um, So they, they really do have their own set of stresses that they're going through as well. Uh, in there. So it's important too that as that time comes and you start to look at marriage that you again you sit down and you talk and you say what are the expectations? Now we're moving from dating from you know this committed dating type relationship to marriage. How does that change things? Because now we're not just seeing each other a couple of days a week, we're seeing each other every single day of life and you know married and everything accordingly, uh, different things like that. If, again, we talk these out, we're going to remove a lot of the arguments, a lot of the frustrations, a lot of the anxieties along the way. Uh, and, and again, it's about how are you going to keep your identity. I highly recommend, especially by the time people get married, that they have one night out of the week that each person goes off and does their own thing, their own interests that really appeals to them because more times than not two people are not going to like exactly everything the same they're going to have certain interests that they like to do that maybe their partner isn't as interested in they're okay with but maybe they're not as interested in so if you each have your night that you go out and do something else and then you each have a night at least that you do something together uh, i think that that is very very important to do along the way and it allows you to keep your own identity in the process. Again, honoring sacred self. What are you going to do to keep your sacred self honored? And this is important, especially when you've got two spiritual people as much as it is when you have people that aren't spiritual in a relationship because oftentimes spiritual people, they need their own time and they need their own time on a daily basis. So you may need to create ways and spaces for people to... Um, you know, each of you to have that own time. Okay, when you come in the door, you're going to get, you know, 30 minutes or an hour or whatever for yourself, and then we'll come down and we'll have time together type of thing. However it works for you. But I definitely encourage working that out because each person needs that. They need that to keep the balance going uh, in things on, on, on the way. So very, very important. And then as we look at keeping the relationship alive, this is this is another challenge because so many times people fall into these ruts like, okay, well, we just come home, I've worked all day and toss my stuff aside, take a shower, whatever, have some dinner, sit down, watch TV, and there's no communication going on. Um, it's, it's very important that you schedule regular couple time that breaks up your routine, so to say. I highly recommend keeping the passion alive in a relationship. I highly recommend that you do the little things, leave each other those little love notes um, 
along the way uh, in there. I think that those are important, that you each take time to plan evenings for the other person. Uh, it's it's good to step out of your own role once in a while. It's good for the masculine to be in the feminine receiving role, and it's good for the feminine energy to be in the, the more dominating masculine role. And so I think it's a good idea, you know, at least once a week or every other week that maybe one weekend is planned by one person and the other weekend is planned by the other person. I know in my last relationship we did a similar thing, um, and, and it was really helped to keep a balance in the relationship where he would plan things one weekend and we would spend the weekend at his place and then the following weekend I would plan things and we'd spend the weekend at my place. It's important even in the bedroom to do that, to one night one person is the uh, you know assertive person <laughs> and the other person has to totally receive. And the next night, the the roles get reversed around. And the person who is receptive now has to be the assertive and vice versa. These are important things. If you bring children into the picture, making sure that, you know, do an exchange. Do an exchange with other parents in the neighborhood. One time you have a sleepover, another time somebody else in the neighborhood has a sleepover so that you're getting your own time away from your children. Taking weekends to get away. And periodically, you know, ever so often, building those in. Again, it doesn't have to be some huge expensive thing. Even even if you give the kids to grandma for a weekend <laughs> or something like that, you can do that. And it's it's important to stop and create those evenings. It's important to stop and take those spaces in there um, through things. I also, as the relationship is developing over time, I think code words can be very important. It's something I talk about in my book, also, You Me Life Dreams, Activating Your Perfect Relationship. And the code words are really amazing because they can help you stay connected when you're out in public spaces, like when you have dinners that you're going to or parties or you're socializing. And you can sit there and you can flirt between text messages or you can do flirting across the room. But what code words do is they're substitute words that you've come to understand agreed meanings on. So maybe... And, and they're meant to be fun and playful. You want to make them as fun and playful as possible. So maybe somebody's getting highly emotional. <laughs> the, the feminine energy maybe is getting a little emotional and is kind of going into one of those spaces that's kind of psycho for the male energy to deal with or the masculine energy to deal with. And so you come up with a code word of bananas, for example. And, uh, you know, you might say bananas are bouncing around here. And it it makes it funner, it makes it easier to accept than saying, you know, you're really in a psycho space right now and you're annoying the hell out of me. Now, sure, it's great to be open and blunt, but there's a lot of judgment there when we take it and we say, hey, there's bananas flying around. It kind of depersonalizes it a little bit so it doesn't feel as attacking or as aggressive or as angry in there. And it allows you to start to to resolve it and say, you know, I'm seeing some bananas here, but I'd really like chocolate-covered bananas right now. And that just may be the code word for 
you know, I'd really like to see something sweeter. Or I'd really like to be more playful right now in things. And and it can be fun. You can create your own little hidden language. And this is really great, especially when jealousy is one of the factors in the in a relationship because when jealousy is there, this is a great way to remove it because what happens is if there are other people, and it's important to keep in mind that men can see what men are doing and the moves that they're making more than a woman can see it and vice versa. A woman can see what another woman is doing to a man beyond what an, another man can do. So, you know, you can use all these code words to say, hey, this person's laying it on thick and it's not appropriate and you need to, you know, shut this down type of thing. And and when you develop this this little language that becomes your own in a sense, it's a great way because you have these codes when you're around family and things, but it also shows those people who might be trying to interfere that you're very, very connected and that you can really um, make things work in an amazing way. So I, I would say that that's a, a huge thing to do there. Um, and, and it's fun. Like I said, you can make it playful and you can make it fun in the relationship. And I think that that's a big piece there. So we've kind of covered a lot of different things, and I I did want to touch on, because I did promise I would get into covering, like, gifts since Valentine's Day is coming up, and there is a lot of pressure. I I know I get a lot of clients going, you know, am I going to get the proposal this year? (laughs) Am I getting the ring this year? And, you know, when when I hear that from somebody right away, I think, you're not ready for the ring. <laughs> you're just not ready for it. But, uh, of course, there's always those excitements and there's those dreams. And, again, society is programmed that that's the day that maybe we should be getting something special. But, again, you know, yes, we want to feed it all, all year long, but we do also want to take that time out to make it really formally acknowledged, too. And that's part of what holidays allow allow us to do is to just formally acknowledge it um, in a way, and and if you can't get together on Valentine's Day, make sure that's communicated. For example, you know, if you're in a relationship and you can't get together, make sure that's communicated. You know, hey babe, I've, I've got to work a 16-hour day, <laughs> and um, and you know, please let me, you know, take you out the next night or something like that. Whatever whatever works in your dynamics. Uh, that you can still send, you know, a little love message or something like that just to let them know. And I think that those are the communications that are fun to do. And as guys start to do this, again, you can make it an action for them to do when it's clear they they understand what they need to do. But we do have definitely in the different stages of a relationship different aspects when we come upon something like a Valentine's Day or uh, the holidays and Christmas and things like that, where gift giving is coming around. Um, there's there's definitely, I would say, different anticipations in the early stages. I think it's important to to make the days special. I think it's always important to make these days special, whether it's a birthday or a holiday or Valentine's Day, um, for the person that you're with, uh, because you're also making it special for yourself in that sense. In the earlier stages, it's great to do some of the fancier things and some of the funner things. And when you're young, that's part of being young. You know, uh, when you're in your 20s, 
going to different places and and getting these experiences as part of it. But as you age, you start to seek out more and more real experiences, which mean you don't need so much of the glam and the glitz and things like that. Um, Sure, it's still nice to get away. I would say as you move more into the mid and the later stages, that's where you start to do say, like the weekend getaways. Maybe you get away to a a rustic cabin somewhere or to a little beach house or whatever your environment is that the two of you enjoy because time alone becomes more valuable (laughs) than, say, that fancy dinner. When you're younger, you tend to have more time that you're doing together and when you're in the earlier stages of the relationship, the fancier dinners and some of the glitz and the glam is what appeals to us. That's just part of a natural stage of life for most people. Um, But also as the relationship evolves, you know, we seek out more and more real gifts, gifts that let us know that our partner still sees something special in us, Uh, gifts that let us know that they actually listen to us and they've actually paid attention to the changes that are going on for us. And, you know, again, it's not about the material stuff. It's about the fact that what you're offering really showed this thing. And when you don't have money, and I've been in those stages where I didn't have the money to go get people gifts. So I found other things to to do. I, you know, found found aspects of doing more sensual massage for somebody and I lit everything up with candles and things like that or um, I believe you know one of the gifts I did it was actually a birthday present as opposed to a uh, a Valentine's Day present but it was doing a naked dinner and if you've never done a naked dinner with your partner it's so wonderful and that's where you get a bunch of different foods that you can apply to the body and you can enjoy yourself <laughs> You can eat dinner off of your partner, so to say, um, or do a naked dessert uh, where you can do different things that way. So get creative with it. And that doesn't have to cost a whole lot of money and it can be a whole lot of fun. Or do some body painting. You know, you could do that without even being naked if if you're uncomfortable with naked energy um, in there. So that's that's an aspect there. Now, as we delve into it, each sign... The masculine and the feminine energy is going to work a little bit different in the sign as far as what they want. Uh, For example, when we look at Aries, now Aries is one of those signs that tends to be reversed. The male Aries tends to, even though they carry a lot of masculine energy in the outer world, they actually are very sensitive when it comes to a relationship and oftentimes can take on a feminine energy role in the relationship. Uh, I know a lot of Aries female and they actually are the masculine energy in the relationship. So when we look at some of these things, the the masculine energy, Aries, needs to know that you've been listening to them. Um, what you get to them needs to let them know that you have a passion for them, that you have an excitement for them, um, that you want to be around them. Uh, again, it's not so much the money with them because they tend to, pay for things a lot of times anyways, uh, but they just want to know that they're appreciated and they want that playfulness. They would they would much rather love an incredible evening in the bedroom somewhere 
or just to to have you sit around and and appreciate the things that they've done for them or to make you know they're actually one of those that could actually appreciate you know you pulling together all the different like a whole bunch of pictures and things that uh, of experiences that you've had uh the fe- the female aries can go two totally different ways i know of some female aries that they just want the glitz and the glam and the whole works and then most female aries though that i know they want it very simple they don't want all kinds of money spent on them they would much rather have you cook them a dinner at home than to go out for a fancy dinner. They would much rather have you set something up like that um, that makes them, you know, put some focus on them. They get actually uncomfortable a lot of times with a lot of money spent on them. Again, there's so many different dynamics because it depends on somebody's moon sign and their rising sign and their numerology and things like that as well. But... Um, you know, the the female Aries that do like the glitz and the glam, boy, they're going to be looking for the most expensive dinner. <laughs> they're going to be looking for every piece of it to show up. But the ones that don't, you know, you would be great to, you know, make your own chocolate-covered strawberries, for example, because they would love that. They like that natural food. They, you know, would love doing something at home and and doing something like that. And it shows that you didn't spend a lot of money and things like that. When we look at Taurus, um, the the masculine Taurus energy, um, he wants you to show him that, or that person wants you to show them that they're the star. They actually tend to look for things like electronics or even some natural things like gemstones. They just want to see some sort of exchange coming back to them. Exchange and equality is very important to them. Balance is very important. So if they've gotten you something for free, for example, uh, let's let's say that they got your car fixed for free along the way, they would want you to offer dinner to the person that fixed your car type of thing. They like to see that exchange going on. But they, they oftentimes are very music-focused, electronic-focused, so being someplace that has music, a concert, would be a great uh, present for them. Uh, again, electronics, any type of electronic gadget. It could even just be, you know, uh, a Bluetooth headset for their their phone or whatever it is, you know, something like that. Um, the masculine energy doesn't need all the frou-frou stuff so much. They're really looking for something more practical as a general rule of thumb. Now, the feminine Taurus likes things very... Um, Earthy and sensual. So when we look at earthy and sensual, you might look at doing, for example, a picnic. If you're in an environment that allows you to do that. Um, You're looking for things that are simple, things that are basic. Uh, You might be exploratory with something that involves the senses. Um, So different scents, different flavors, things like that uh, for them would be pleasurable for them. Uh, so think think a little more raw, natural, environmental, where can you be in nature type of thing to um, sit and share time with them. The Gemini, the masculine Gemini energy, they're, they've got some ego there, I'm going to admit it. And they like things that make them look good. And the feminine Gemini, um, they just want to know that they belong to you. 
okay? <laughs> they want to know that they are your partner. So whatever makes them feel like they are the one and only in your life, then that's what you want to focus on. Uh, it's it's those little notes that just let them know that you, you love having them in, in your life. And it can be simple things as well with the Gemini, uh, the feminine Gemini energy. Cancers. The masculine cancer energy, you know, they're looking at things like <laughs> satin sheets. They like they like senses around them. They like, again, those sensual pleasures, things that stimulate their body, um, dancing, dinner out. Uh, they can go some different ways. If they go dinner out, they're kind of frugal on one hand um, and stuff, so they kind of like to share things. They like to they like to exchange. They want it to be shared. So you might order one or two things and then share everything together. Um, they they like that that unity factor. They want they want to do everything together type of thing. The feminine cancer is going to be looking for something that's fun and vibrant on the initial side, and then later very sensual and in the bedroom type of thing. Uh, so you know, lingerie could do really great <laughs> with the cancer, uh, feminine energy, um, going out to a club, uh, some festive dinner at the beginning could be really fun there. The Leo energy. Leos can go a lot of different directions, but you got to remember Leos like the grandiose uh, factor in there. So the masculine Leo, you know, they're going to like something that's a really nice dinner, rustic but upscale. Um, they're going to like things like massage. They're going to like things like body painting because that's playful and it's creative and it's childlike, but it's sensual at the same time. Uh, they're going to like really nice liquors or al alcohols, um, you know, fireplace energy. Um, those sorts of things really appeal to the Leo uh, the female Leo, they're gonna they're gonna want it all. You know, they're they like they like the romance. They're gonna enjoy the roses and the dinner and the candlelight and while they the champagne and and you could do wildflowers as opposed to roses. It doesn't have to be specifically roses, but you know they they like all of those different special treatments and um, you know they don't have to have it, but but they do. And if, you, if you've got the energy and you've got the time and maybe if it's a later part in the relationship, getting away to like a little upscale rustic mountain cabin with a fireplace in it or a ski area or something like that is, is really exciting because it blends all the things from being active and, and uh, physically doing things as well as the romantic aspect. So um, Leos like to do things on that bigger scale. Virgos, the Virgo masculine energy, think of things with the arts or music. That is going to be their focus. Uh, they also like organic things. They're really great at the organic um, restaurant type of things, raw food type of things, something different, unique, creative. Um, yeah, anything to do with music and arts is, is their thing. The feminine uh, Virgo energy they're a little more quiet, personal. Uh, they will love that home-cooked meal or they'll love that raw food meal that's going on. Um, you know, they're, uh, but they also like, you know, maybe that, that uh, you know, nice little sweet away too. They like those little getaways. I've seen Virgos on two different slides there again. 
uh, two different ends of the spectrum depending on what they have. But they do like to be appreciated. So, yeah, getting away and, and getting a, a unique hotel room for the night is, is really nice for them as well. Uh, Libras. Libras tend to like things simple, not very expensive overall. They both kind of run on the same range. Now, the masculine energy, the, the masculine Libra likes to be, uh, they like to be a little chivalrous. You know, they, they, they like to be that that renaissance. Uh, they tend to be renaissance men, so to say, in there. Um, so a romantic meal, whether it's home or out for them, works very well. They're, they tend to be very appreciative of, of home-cooked meals uh, if it's done in a romantic style. Uh, the feminine energy, yeah, they, they like flowers, but you might keep it simplified, maybe one rose or some wild flowers. Um, they could both deal with camping out if you're in an area to camp out. Um, things like Mexican food is really one of their key types of foods. Simple, basic um, types of food. Again, they they tend to like organic foods as well um, and, and very natural settings. They're not necessarily going to go for the fancy settings in things with stuff. Uh, Scorpio energy. Uh, you can go a lot of different ways. Scorpio, you want to think sensual. Um, they want things that are personalized to them that shows that they're your one and only. That's very, very important when we talk about uh, Scorpio energy. And they want to be very passionate. So they're looking for, again, it's not about the money. It's about how passionate can you make the environment for them. They want it sensual. They want it sexual. Um, you know, they want to delve into the tantric arena, uh, the sacred sexual. They want that full-on connection. Um, also, lingerie can be very nice with them, uh, particularly for the, the feminine energy of the Scorpio. Uh, they they really like nice lingerie, nice gifts, sensual oils, things like that. Sagittarius, uh, the masculine, the feminine energy there. The masculine Sagittarian really like sports, whether they're watching it, whether they're playing it. Um, they really like camping. They tend to have a high sex drive going on with them as well. Natural settings. So again, you're not necessarily going to be looking at the extravagant realms with them. They would be just as happy camping out in a tent or getting a very rustic cabin someplace um, or going to a sporting event, things like that. Uh, the female Sagittarius does like a little nicer dinner um, you know, she would love to see something that you put together, for example, that is pictures or video of your different times together, a memory album, um, maybe a little flowers in there, um, candy, so-so, they're not so much of a sweet tooth person, um, but maybe some wine, uh, a decent wine or something like that uh, would, would work well with the Sagittarian. Capricorns. Capricorns go a little more practical overall. Uh, that is, at least the, the masculine energy of the Capricorn is practical, while the feminine energy, it's like, give me everything you can get me. <laughs> they want it all, man. They want the, the dinner, the diamonds, the flowers, the candy. <laughs> they want it all, the, all. Everything they can get, they, they want in the feminine energy. The masculine energy, getting them something for their hobby, just something that appreciates them. Um, the masculine Capricorn tends to be the doer. They're really not looking to receive a lot. 
um, you know, they're one of those that are going to go, oh, you shouldn't have. <laughs> they have a tendency to do that. But then they're really going to appreciate it. You know, they're going to be the ones that appreciate the fuzzy slippers that make their feet feel really good. Um, think practical with the Capricorn male. Aquarian, um, the masculine Aquarian music, either either masculine or feminine on Aquarius energy, they love great music. Uh, they they like to be creative. They like something that you create together, for example. They like ceremony. They like ritual. So if you go out into the woods and you do a little uh, ritual kind of aspect of, of tossing herbs into the fire and saying what it means and, and sharing, uh, you know, where you're at with each other or giving them a gemstone, that has a meaning behind it or um, taking them to a concert or giving them a chance to explore music or writing a song together or singing a song together. These are the types of things that the masculine uh, Aquarian likes to do. Um, again, they kind of like to be the ones that are are the pursuer uh, in things, but the shared experience is very cool. And if it's if it's very in tune with who they are, then they're they're going to love it. The feminine energy of Aquarian loves you seek to do something out under the stars because they really love the stars. They really love the universe, the clear skies, being in nature, the elements. So it doesn't matter whether that's forest or beach or whatever that is. Just find that natural environment and get them out under the stars because that's where they really resonate. So, you know, there you go. There's a whole bunch of ideas for Valentine's Day and gift-giving ideas (laughs) through the different signs. And again, there are the different pieces that play in, you know, whether it's moon sign, Venus sign, what's happening in that relationship house, numerology. There's a lot of other layers uh, to look at with somebody. And of course, just their name, you know, we can definitely do those. And those are all things I delve into with people. So you're, you're more than welcome to contact me and I do have short sessions available if you just need a 15 30 minute session or some email things that we could look at helping you find a gift for somebody um, I'm, I'm always happy to do those things as well uh, it, it, wow you know two hours has just kind of blown by <laughs> here on the show I do want to mention that we're going to pursue through the, you know a couple of weeks here bringing in different things on relationships uh, next week, as a matter of fact, you're not going to want to miss the show because I've got Mercedes Kirkle on, and she's going to be discussing sacred sexuality and the connection of Yeshua and Mary Magdalene. And she's an amazing gift and an amazing channel for uh, that energy. And you definitely want to take a look at what she has to have to say. So certainly, I hope you'll you'll tune in next week to see what she has to share on that. My books on relationships have been released. As I said, you can check them out on my website, Jesse and Nichols George, the number one dot com. And they are designed to help you activate the perfect relationship for you. I've kind of been giving you a little bit of oversight of what's in them, but there's so much more than what I could possibly delve into here on this show. And you'll learn how to find out how to develop that relationship, maintain that perfect relationship for you. You'll learn how to understand what your partner's thinking, feeling, needing, and how to communicate in ways that's going to strengthen your relationship and avoid all the drama spaces that 
aren't fun to be in because there's enough challenges in a relationship without all of the heavy drama being involved in there. And I do want to mention, by the way, if you've enjoyed the show today, that my February special deal, so that's starting up in two days on Sunday, um, is I am doing the ebook version of my book, You Me Life Dreams, for only 99 cents. Yeah, I know. It's it's crazy. The ebook version is normally twelve ninety nine. I'm gonna do it for ninety nine cents this month just to help people get going on their relationships and to help them find those relationships. You can find out more about that offer. It's gonna be up on my website on the homepage as of Sunday. Uh probably will get might even get put up tomorrow. We'll see. But uh the deal actually is activated as of Sunday the first on that. So you can watch for that there as well. And um, again, the Compassion Tour is underway. I have events that I'm lining up in March in Ojai, California. I'll probably be doing something in the San Francisco Bay Area. I have events coming up in April in Colorado, Illinois in May. And there will definitely be things coming up on the East Coast. I've got uh, the eight seasonal events up full weekend events up. Uh, the locations are still being determined on most of those right now, uh, so you'll have to watch for that and see where they'll come into play. I imagine the one that's coming up uh, around May Day uh, will be in the Midwest region, um, somewhere near Illinois. Um, so I, I would watch for those. My thought is that possibly the spring equinox event will be somewhere around the Bay Area or along the Northwest Coast region. So you'll want to watch for that there. Um, and you can just follow up with that, again, on my website as well as the different videos I, I post every month. I put out a new video, um, you know, watch for upcoming things that are happening there. All my information is up on there. And, uh, and again, watch for... Uh, upcoming news on the book that I'm a co-author on, Embraced by the Divine. It is getting amazing uh, reviews. They are expecting that to be a multi-million copy seller. So (laughs) I'm very, very excited to be bringing that forward. It's an anthology of many different women who have gone through like the dark night of the soul and how they've gotten through the different experiences and and where they're at as they've come out on the other side of their experiences along the way. Also, don't forget that we've got several shows here on Main Street Universe throughout the week. Sunday nights, we have Darren Bucare, who's a reader at Madame Laveau in New Orleans, doing spiritual insights. Monday nights is Randy Goldberg doing Vedic Astrology. Tuesdays, we have Susan Weed. And actually, I think Darren, I should say, has switched his show. He's tagging on to our flagship show, which is on Wednesday nights now. So we have the flagship show with Daniel and Janice. And then Darren is coming on after that uh, in the second hour there. And we're working on um, getting some various other shows that run once a month. So we have a lot of different things here in the works on the network. Kevin's working on some stuff uh, that he's planning on bringing in as well. Um, I've considered uh, doing uh, co-hosting a show with somebody else as well during the week. So we'll just have to see how it all comes together here. Hey, this is Jesse and Nichols George, and I want to thank you so much for being here with me today. Again, thanks to all of our listeners, not only on Blog Talk, but those that are streaming live through Penn, known as Pair Encounters Network, 
Stream Finder and Talk Stream Live, as well as those that are catching our podcast through iTunes, TuneIn.com, and those that are catching the YouTube version of the show. And I definitely look forward to seeing you back here next week as we delve more into activating compassion. And don't forget, if you've enjoyed the show today, share it with others. It's available at the same link in our archives. Um, it will be available immediately after the show, as are the podcast on iTunes and TuneIn.com. And uh, the YouTube version sometimes takes me up to a week or two to get that version up. I'm going to leave you today with the song Yearning For, also known as Over and Over by Shemshai. If you'd like to check out more of Shemshai's work, they're constantly releasing new music and fabulous things. Check out their website. Sometimes they've got some free downloads going on. They're on Facebook and their website is www.shemshai.com. That's S-H-I-M-S-H-A-I.com. Thank you so much, and I look forward to seeing you back here again next week as we delve more into activating compassion. May you enjoy the rest of your weekend and have a truly amazing week. And I'm going to get closed out here in just a minute. <laughs> I know, I just kind of scrolled through here. Take care, everybody. If I could see what makes me blind I would soar to the edge of my mind And to touch what seems unreal Just to show you the way that I feel And we are in time with time One with season of change inside we are in tune with the tune Caught in a balance of sun and moon Oh, deep inside The light within Shining to show you It's it to begin When all I have Is all I need I will Soar to the edge of eternity And we see in eye to eye One within love to be for the divine And we're walking hand in hand Caught in the balance of God and Learning to walk just a little bit slower Whispering secrets I bet you can't keep it No turning back now This time we'll reveal it Once you are another All will discover The essence within The most beautiful lover Time is still turning The love is still burning Deep in your spirit Your heart still yearning